The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating her 32nd birthday today. Happy birthday to Canadian princess Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, okay. Today is the birthday of Carly Rae sure. Jepsen. Sure. Call me, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Could Carly Rae Jepsen call you? Mm, I don't think I'm allowed to. Be anything. careful. Yeah, Stay on target. Is my wife Stay watching? on target. Nah. Today is Wednesday, November 21st, 2018. One day. Until Thanksgiving, I hadn't noticed. I think my wife would be okay if Carly G- Carly Rae Jepsen called. I don't think she'd feel threatened. She's very sweet looking. Like, right? Yeah. She seems very sweet. I think that's one that I'd be clear on. Mm. Anyway, one day until Thanksgiving, apparently. Episode 667. 667, Cameron Lowe's on-base percentage in his luster sure. Texas Rangers okay. career. That's a pitcher. Yep. He had three plate appearances, yeah. a walk, a single, and a run scored. All right, then. How about that? Okay. Okay. Uh, on today's show, guys, this is our uh, last show of the week. Uh, it's our Thanksgiving Spectacular. And so we are previewing the uh, – we're doing what we would normally do on a Thursday here on a Wednesday. This is, by the way, recorded. We're recording this on Tuesday. So uh, there's that. Uh, we will have head coach of the Lano Yellow Jackets. Coach Matt Green will join us in just a moment. Let's talk about his Yellow Jackets' uh, remarkable, remarkable year, uh, looking to make some history. This week against Corpus Christi West Oso, we will talk with him. Then we will have the picks, my high school football predictions for uh, the area round of the Texas high school football playoffs. That will come up uh, after that. And then we'll close it all out with some free money. If there's time at the end, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. But we'll see what happens. Eh. We'll see. Did you know that tomorrow's Thanksgiving? Mm, Yes, I knew. Well, it's not tomorrow. It's two days from now. Well, when people are hearing this, it'll be tomorrow. Okay, fair enough. Got it. I should probably put it on my calendar. Because <laughs> otherwise, how would you know? The Texas high school football playoffs are ongoing this weekend, here on this holiday weekend. Uh, one team playing in the 4A Division II area round. The Lano Yellow Jackets, who got an, uh, what it has to be a cathartic win over Hondo in the bi-district playoffs uh, with their uh, an overtime victory over the Owls. Uh, we had an opportunity to uh, chat with their head coach, Matt Green. Here's our conversation with Lano coach Matt Green here on Texas Football Today. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Hotline and bring in the head coach of the surging 7-4 and four Lano Yellow Jackets. We are joined uh, by Coach Matt Green. Coach, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing wonderful. Um, I, I, I guess I'll start off with this. Do you mind having to practice the week of Thanksgiving? Gosh, I got to tell you, man, it's it's one of my favorite things about coaching. And, you know, we're having to convince our kids and our community about it. I mean, it's been a while in Lano since it's happened, and everybody's been great. But it is truly a joy to get to coach on Thanksgiving. And for me, it's been a while. So uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. You know, you, you mentioned that it has been a while since Lano's had this kind of success. You know, you guys, uh, it's uh, you're there in your second year there. But, I mean, this is a program that – you know, it's scuffled for a while. You know, they haven't had a winning season in, in, in quite some time. Um, you know, yes. how, how have you sensed the, the vibe of the community and the team has changed throughout this year? Gosh, I tell you, it's a, it's a very hungry community, and we have a, a hungry group of kiddos that want success. And, you know, I don't think that Lano's necessarily lacked the desire to be successful. Um, but some things have come together for us in year two. And, uh, you know, our kids have really embraced it. The community is I mean, sold out. They are all in, and we are very blessed to be in Lano. And, you know, I see things really changing here, and it's an exciting future for me, uh, for our coaching staff, and for our program. And so, you know, I just feel very blessed to be here. Uh, and you are uh, a guy who, you know, has seen this, this squad 
Um, how do I want to put this? You guys have been close but no cigar a lot this season. Uh, you you're know, right. Your That's op- right. Your opener against Hondo, you guys lose by three uh, in, in a heartbreaker. You you take Geronimo Navarro, a good Geronimo Navarro team, you know, to the wire, end up end up losing, you know, fourteen to ten. You go to overtime with Wimberley and lose. Finally, you get another rematch with Hondo, and you yeah. you end up finally on the right side of a close game. Um, yeah. What 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 can you tell us about you know what were your emotions about that you know finally getting over the hump? Well, just tremendous. I mean, the thing about it is, as the coaching staff and really you know as a community, that's the thing we've been preaching to our kids is you know don't give up, keep battling, and you're gonna get that win when when we haven't gotten it prior. And, you know, I don't know what you know about the game this past Friday night with Hondo, but we trail 14, nothing going into the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And, um, we score two touchdowns and actually send it into overtime and win the ball game in overtime after losing in overtime versus Wimberley three weeks ago on a 48 yard field goal that we kicked to send it to overtime. So our kids have been close. They've been gritty all year. They have had a great attitude, and it finally paid off for us Friday night. So what was the celebration like on Friday night, knowing full well how close you guys have come and how long uh, that this Lano team has been waiting for, for that breakthrough? I'm going to tell you, it's pandemonium. I mean, <laughs> and it wasn't just the kids. It was the stands. It was our coaching staff. We actually intercepted a ball in overtime right on our sidelines, I would say eight yards away from where I and our other coaches were standing. <laughs> It, I, I mean, we went nuts. We absolutely all went crazy, and um, it was true joy. I mean, it it was one of those things where everybody had worked so hard this year, and we finally got that win and got over the top in a tough game to win a close one, and it was a playoff win on top of it. So tremendous experience for everybody. Uh, we're talking with Atlanta coach Matt Green here on Texas Football Today. Get involved the conversation. Hashtag TF today. Coach, it seems like uh, to me that the, the calling card for your team all year long has been your defense, so it's no surprise that the defense uh, came up big when it counted most. Um, how would you characterize uh, the style and, and the attitude of your defense? Well, I'm going to tell you what. We're a very undersized defense up front. We're small. Um, and but our kids play big, and, and they play fast. We're very quick up front, and obviously we're very aggressive. And so, you know, really this year I've seen tremendous improvement at all levels of our defense. But our kids are having to play a different brand of football than we had last year. We were pretty big. We were pretty physical. This year we're smaller, quicker, and scrappy. And, uh, you know, we thrive off turnovers. And one of the things our defense has done is create turnovers. And our offense has done a great job this year of capitalizing on that. We didn't get a turnover Friday night until the last play of the game, like I said, in overtime. But but credit our defense and their toughness and scrappiness. That's what they've been all year. And we're, we're, we've thrived off that. The other thing about your defense is that you look up and down your roster and you look up and down your two deep. You guys are young. You guys got we you, are. you guys are rolling out a lot of juniors, a lot of sophomores out there. How have you gotten these youngsters to buy in uh, at such a young age? Well, I tell you what, you talk about our sophomores and go back a year ago when they were freshmen, they had tremendous success. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to hold that group together. And so I think the winning for them, and they've been pretty successful, that translated as we moved these kids to the varsity. And really last year we got banged up and had to play a couple of freshmen in the playoff game due to injury. So there was a little bit of experience there. But I'm telling you, they've won. They're used to winning, and that has translated this year for them. And then really you look at our kids that are juniors. They had an awesome year as JV players a year ago. That JV, I think, lost two games. So with that all being said, to me, winning at the younger levels has translated into wins this year for us at the varsity level. And I believe in that. You know, I'm a big believer in having success at the younger levels. We had that a year ago. We've had it this year, too. And, and I just believe that's how you build a program. Uh you're a guy who came from Lake Travis, which, of course, is known for, for putting out you know big-time quarterbacks. And I think if you look at maybe the numbers that your quarterback, Cade Fly, put up against last week against a really good Hondo defense, you know they're not going to blow you away. They're not numbers that are going to jump off the page at you. But at the same time, uh, throughout the year, this kid seems like he's been the heartbeat of your team, uh, the guy who's, who's really ta- you know, taking it on himself to be that leader. For those who, who may not be familiar with your outstanding senior signal caller, uh, Cade Fly, what can you tell us about him? Well, what I can just tell you is that, you know, he is a kid that can throw the ball and run the ball. And mm-hmm. the other night we got both from him. And when we play our best football, it's when Cade makes great decisions. He throws it where it's supposed to go. And if it's not there, he pulls it down and, and he'll run. And, you know, we got both of those the other night from him. In fact, in overtime, he took over with his feet. But, you know, I think he throws for roughly 250 yards, which 
mean, that's a big deal around here, but Cade is right around 2,000 yards passing for the year. Uh, you go back a year ago, he was about a 1,700-yard passer. Those are big numbers in Atlanta offense. Uh, that's probably traditionally over the course of time been more of a running type of an offense. Mm-hmm. So we're real proud of him. He distributes the ball well. He doesn't just throw to one guy. Um, and so we're blessed to have a good receiving core uh, and, and a quarterback that can get it to the to the receivers that he needs to get it to. Uh, you came on board in, in you know before the 2017 season. You're, you're now you know almost through two full seasons. Hopefully, uh, you guys got about six more, five more games to play. Um, but over the course of of really these these first two years, how have you seen this program change? Gosh, I'm going to tell you, you know, really year one when you come in and I actually got hired in mid June. Mm-hmm. So you got to think when I came in as a coach, you want to change some things, but there's only so many things you're going to change in that short amount of time where you try to get kids to believe and buy in. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes when you come in as a new coach, uh, some, re- some, some feathers get ruffled every now and then. And, and I don't think that's happened extremely here to, to a bad point, but, but with that being said, changes happened in year two. Last year, we had a good year. We made the playoffs. We lost a ball game in the last 15 seconds. It was tough. Mm-hmm. This group this year has said, Coach, we're not only going to make the playoffs, we're going to win a gold ball. That's been the goal since we lost a year ago in the playoffs. And, you know, really our kids have bought in. They've put in the extra time. You know, they, they have not just done what they have to do during the athletic period or during the season when you're allowed to practice. These kids have come in and done it on their extra time and really committed to we want change, but we realize – we are the change. We have to be. And uh, I'm real proud of them. I'm proud of our coaching staff. And, you know, it's just been one of those things where we've gotten better through hard work. And I don't know that there's another way to do it. And so I credit our kids and I credit our coaches for that. You guys came out of a brutal district, uh, District 13, you know, 4A Division Two. I don't think anybody's going to offer to tr- change places with you. Uh, you know, b- between Cuero, you know, b- uh, between Navarro, between a good Wimberley squad. How do you how do yes. you feel like going through that, not to mention playing Hondo in, in the district? How do you feel like that tough schedule has prepared you for now? Well, it, it's done exactly what you just said. We have had to play not only good football teams with those three you mentioned, but they're all a different style. Mm-hmm. You look at Navarro, they're going to line up in the slot team and run the ball at you all night long. You know, and, and then you turn around and you face Wimberley. They're a spread team uh, that can mix the pass and the run. And then Cuero, I mean, just enough said. I mean, they're talented at every single level um, of their offense and defensive schemes. We are battle-tested. You know, and again, you play Hondo in the pre-district. Uh, you play a Lakeview team that's a 4A Division One at home uh, or, or a homecoming game for them in a huge stadium. I think they won a playoff game last week. Mm-hmm. You know, we are battle-tested. We've played some tough teams, and um, – you know, our kids, while we didn't win all those ball games, we competed in every one of them, minus Quero. We dealt with that team that week. We had the flood. I mean, we yeah. practiced literally one day. And so our kids have been battle-tested, and I think it paid off for us last Friday night. Our kids didn't face anything last Friday night we haven't seen. We just were able to finally overcome and win a ball game that, that we needed to win. Uh, and finally, Coach, it's on to the next one, 1 o'clock Friday afternoon in San Antonio at beautiful Alamo Stadium. I, I'll go on record. I, I bet it's probably the biggest stadium the Lano Yellow Jackets have played in in quite some time at Alamo Stadium in San Antonio. Uh, no doubt. You guys take no on uh, the Bears at Corpus Christi West Oso. I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but, uh, but when you look across the field at the Bears, uh, what are you up against on Friday? Well, I'm going to tell you we're up against a very talented and a very fast football team. Mm -hmm. They are going to put tons of speed on the field on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, they have a quarterback that can throw and run. And I think they're balanced on offense, which you never like dealing with. So, you know, we're going to have to win the line of scrimmage uh, on the defensive side. Uh, You look at our offense going against their defense, they're multiple. You know, I think it's just figuring out what they want to do. They jump in a lot of different fronts. Their coverages are pretty pretty, – one-dimensional, uh, but they're good at them, but their fronts are very different. So we got to figure that out, and I think you have to win the line of scrimmage there. We have to establish a run game and mix in the passing game. If we can do that and win the special teams battle, then we have a chance to come out with a win. And I'm going to tell you, you talk about a big win for Lano. Last week was huge. Only three, only two teams in the history of Lano, only two, have ever won two playoff games. Mm-hmm. This group has a chance to join a very elite group as being only the third team in Lano history to win two playoff games. So we're motivated. We know we can do it. 
but we're going to be challenged, and we've got to go earn it. And that's what our kids know come Friday. It's big doings in the Hill Country in Lano uh, with the Yellow Jackets moving on to the area round to take on Corpus Christi Westo. So one o'clock Saturday or one o'clock Friday rather at Alamo Stadium in San Antonio with their head coach Matt Green. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win on Friday, and best of luck this Friday. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. There he is, Matt Green, the head coach, the Lano Yellow Jackets. Uh, big game this week against Corpus Christi West Oso. See if they can move through, uh, become just the third Lano team ever uh, to reach the third round of the playoffs, which would be pretty remarkable stuff there. Uh, in Lano, Texas, considering uh, the flooding that went on and, and all that fun stuff, the stuff that they've been through, uh, is, is pretty remarkable that they are this far. So I appreciate Coach Matt Green hopping on with us. Uh, great job he's doing down there. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com. Slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Makes a great gift. Get your football fan in your life the gift of football for 20 bucks. That's right. It's 20 bucks for two magazines, year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. It's a very good gift. TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. The area round of the Texas high school football playoffs is upon us. It actually kicks off on Thanksgiving. One game on Thanksgiving, Strawn and Walnut Springs. But a big slate on uh, Friday, huge slate on Saturday. You don't want to miss it. Here are my predictions for all 176 Texas high school football games this weekend here on Texas Football Today. It's the week of Thanksgiving, the best holiday of the year. So let's feast on some Texas high school football playoffs. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Congratulations on making it to the best day of the year. Now, why is it the best day of the year? Well, I mean, there's, you know, family and there's food, but more importantly, there is football. The Texas high school football playoffs are just heating up. We are into the second round. And uh, if you, what's, oh, look, it's my picks. They're scrolling down here at the bottom of the screen. So we're going to pick every single Texas high school football playoff game this weekend, all 176 of them. I'm either going to say them out loud or they're going to be down here in the scroll. So keep an eye on both, but big games all across the state. We start in Mejia. 6 o'clock Friday night at Black Cat Field in Mejia. It is a 3A Division II slugfest between the Gunner Tigers and the Lexington Eagles. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, Lexington's weaponry against Gunner's defense. And this is the strength for both of these squads. You know, Lexington's offense has been fantastic. We knew they would be great with their outstanding running back, Jacoby Speedy Cooper, but the addition of this freshman quarterback, Sheldon Springer, has really given the Eagles an extra edge offensively, one that honestly is an embarrassment of riches. But they're going up against one of the very best defenses, not just in 3A, but in all of the state. In Gunner, a team that is giving up just 6.5 points per game, they are fast and they are sound. So what happens when this high-powered Lexington attack takes aim at this Gunner defense? Key number two, the Tigers' ground game. If you've seen Gunner play, you know that they like to keep the ball on the ground and run it out of that modified option offense. And even though they got a great quarterback in Ethan Everson, he's a big reason why they won the state 7-on-7 seven seven tournament this summer, they like to run the ball and run the ball a lot. They have eight different players who have run for more than 100 yards this season. But Lexington's defense is dangerous, and they're very sound against the run. Linebacker Aaron Allert leads a very good Eagles defense. So, can Gunner get a little bit of traction on the ground, or will it be Lexington's defense that takes center stage? And key number three, health. We're talking about 3A Division II teams here. These are not big schools. If you were to combine the student enrollment of Lexington and Gunner High Schools, it would not equal 600 students. So small schools, small towns, and small rosters, not a ton of depth on either side. Gunner has been bit by the injury bug already this year. Braden Clopton is already out for the year, one of their outstanding playmakers. Uh, Dylan Jantz has been battling injuries, although he is back now for this game and apparently healthy. So in a game that figures to be close, does the injury list play a factor? Who am I picking? 
I'm going with Gunner. I think the difference here is the defense. The Tigers' defense is just so fierce. I think they're going to be able to take away at least one part of this high-powered Lexington attack, make them a little bit one-dimensional. To me, this is a game dictated by pace. If Lexington can get the score up into the 30s, that definitely benefits them. But if this is a low-scoring matchup, I think that's a benefit for Gunner. Not to say Gunner can't score, but I think that their defense is the dominant force in this one. I think it's close. This is a game we've been looking forward to for a while. But I think Gunner comes away with a victory. From 3A Division II to 4A Division II, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcat Stadium in Abilene. It's an area-round matchup between the Graham Steers and the Lubbock Estacado Matadors. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, Estacado's ball control. This is a team that is not built for big points, but they can grind it out on the ground with their outstanding running game with Jeremiah Dobbins and Seth Porter. They want to keep this game on the ground and keep that clock moving. Keep the ball away from this high-powered Graham attack. The longer that the Matadors hold on to the ball, the better for them. Can they dominate the time of possession? Key number two, Graham's big plays. All right, here's a hot take. Graham will, at one point in this game, get the football. Even as much as Estacado tries to keep it away from them, the Steers will get a possession. And when they do, they have a ton of playmakers to work with. Running back Chase Gilmore has been exceptional. Quarterback Hunter Lanham is hitting a stride. And if you have not seen wide receiver Daniel Gilbertson, you are in for a treat. This guy is a big play waiting to happen. This is a home run hitting offense. Can Estacado keep them in the park? And key number three, the moment. Here we are, the second round of the Texas high school football playoffs, and every game here is getting bigger and bigger. And this is especially important when you're talking about Graham. This is a Steers team that is remarkably, remarkably young. Tons of sophomores are playing key roles for this Graham team. Estacado, a lot of seniors, a lot of kids who have been here before, a lot of guys with big game experience. That is not the case on the Graham side. And sometimes we do see teams where the moment gets too big for them. Can Graham, a young steer squad, handle the moment? Who am I picking? I'm going with Graham. I think that this big explosive offense is really hard to contain right now. And as good as Estacado's defense has been, I'm not sure that they have an answer for this Steers attack. Not to mention Graham's defense is pretty decent as well, especially when it comes to taking the ball away. To me, the name of the game is whether or not Lubbock Estacado can keep the ball away from Graham. Dominate time of possession. Hold the ball for 28, 30 minutes of this game. If they do that, they've got a fantastic shot. But for now, I think Graham gets this game into a shootout, I think the Steers take home a win. To 6A Division 1 we go, 6 o'clock Friday night at Williams Stadium in Garland. It is a 6A Division 1 clash between the Allen Eagles and the Rockwall Yellow Jackets. And if you're saying, oh, it's from Allen, they're going to roll over another team. Not so fast. This Rockwall team can score. And boy, they're going to throw a punch. Quarterback Jacob Clark has been terrific. Wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the very best in the state. I'm not sure Allen has seen an offense quite like this. I think it's going to be a unique challenge for the Eagles. That said, I think that the Eagles offense is going to be able to get some of their own. Their quarterback, Grant Tisdale, has been exceptional. I do think Allen gets a test, but I think they pass it. Give me the Eagles. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Waller ISD Stadium, the Hutto Hippos take on the Angleton Wildcats in a 5A Division I area round matchup and two big offenses in this one. I think this Angleton team is really rounding into form. Running back Jordan Jones and quarterback Seth Cosma form a very potent one-two punch. I think that Hutto's offense is going to get a big test as well. Their quarterback Chase Griffin has been exceptional all year long and you know all the weapons that they have. I think this does have a chance to be a bit of a shootout, but I think the Hippos stay perfect. Give me Hutto. 6 o'clock Friday at Royce City ISD Stadium. It's a 4A Division II matchup between the Lorena Leopards and the Liberty Ilo Panthers. And if you're looking at Liberty Ilo and saying, oh, well, they're 4-7, and seven, you are grossly, grossly mistaken because this team is dangerous. They've played a very difficult schedule, and they have come out the other side extremely potent. Uh, their quarterback, Isaiah Cross, has been excellent. For Lorena, I think that the difference is their defense. Linebacker Daniel Bartosh leads an excellent Leopards defense, not to mention they have a quarterback of their own in Bradley Lena. I think Lorena takes them a win. 
to 3A Division I we go. 2 o'clock Friday afternoon at Meredith Memorial Stadium in Mineola. Jefferson puts their unbeaten record on the line against Malakoff. And if you're into speed, you're going to love this game. A lot of really talented and fast athletes on the field in this one. Jefferson's got TQ Jackson, as well as this outstanding water bug running back, D Black, that I think is one of the very best underrated players in the state. Going up against a Malakoff team with plenty of speed themselves, led by running back Andreas Garrett. I think this game is close and Jefferson gets a push, but I do think Jefferson takes home a win. And 7 o'clock Friday night at Wildcat Stadium in Emory. It is a 2A Division II area round matchup between the Love Lady Lions and the Munster Hornets. And I think this has all the makings of a low-scoring slugfest. Two teams that are very physical and play fantastic defense. My question is, who can find that offensive breakthrough? Neither team's going to give up an inch, but I think quarterback Parker McGrew leads the defending champs to a win. Give me Munster. But those are far from the only big games in the second round of the Texas high school football playoffs. Remember, all my picks are scrolling down here at the bottom of the screen. Let's get to the lightning round. In 6A Division I, I like South Lake Carroll over DeSoto. Give me San Benito over PSJA North. And Dickinson gives North Shore a scare, but North Shore takes home the win. 6A Division II, now I like Arlington to stay perfect with a win over Amarillo Tascosa. And give me Klein Collins to beat Austin Vandegrift. Sensational matchup in Region 3. I like Houston Strake Jesuit to beat Beaumont Westbrook. And in a very close one, I like Cibolo Steele over San Antonio Brandeis. 5A Division 1 now. Grapevine takes down Amarillo Caprock. Give me San Antonio Southwest over Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. And in a rare matchup of defending 5A champions, I like Highland Park over College Station. Let's go to 5A Division 2 now. Burleson Centennial gets by Corsicana. And give me Lubbock Cooper over El Paso Austin. Corpus Christi Cal Allen beats San Antonio Alamo Heights. And in a little bit of an upset special, I like Huntsville over Manville. 4A Division I now. Give me Canyon to beat Seminole. And Kennedale squeaks by Paris. Lavernia edges Lampasas. And Splendora keeps it rolling with a win over Van. Down in 4A Division II, I like Giddings to beat Liberty. And Cuero beats Rio Hondo. 3A Division I now. Give me Wall over Bushland. Franklin takes down Troy. And Goliad beats Marion. 3A Division II, I like Childress to edge Abernathy. Give me Wascom over Troop. And East Bernard takes down Hebronville. In 2A Division I, I like New Deal to outgun Stanford. And give me Bosqueville to beat Celeste. Price Carlisle beats Joaquin. And Mason beats Weimer. 2A Division II now. Stratford beats Farwell. Hamlin gets by Winthorst. And I like Burton over LaPrior. And another must-see week of six-man football in 1A Division I. I think we lose another state champion. Give me Garden City to take down defending champ Borden County. And 1A Division II, I like Motley County over Anton. And those are the picks. I picked all 176 Texas high school football games this weekend from 6A all the way down to 6. Man, whether they were scrolling down here at the bottom of the screen or I said them aloud, either way, let me know what am I wrong about. Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com where you can find complete coverage of the Texas high school football playoffs at texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the second round of the Texas high school football playoffs. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you. There they are. Picks, my predictions for the area round of the Texas high school football playoffs. That is also on our YouTube page. So if I didn't mention your game aloud or you're on the podcast and you're listening to this on the podcast uh, and you want to see the scroll at the bottom of the screen, I picked every game. Uh, down there so go and look at that uh once again um do you think i can do you think i can still say it max yep you think i can yeah your okay. odds are still pretty good i will get at least one of those right yep i will not go O and 176 yep. blind squirrels nuts i think i'll go at least one in 175 that feels like a good good bet sure we are Texas Football. Today we're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Hey, friends, uh, we want to tell you to go see our friends at Texan Live. TexanLive.com. If you're a Texas do high school it. football nut, um, this is certainly a great week to do it. Uh, Texan Live has 
the best games every single week on text on TexanLive.com streaming live. You can watch them. Um, they are a partner of ours, but if they weren't, I would still be saying these things. Yes. I am a customer, uh, and so uh, huge games Friday. Uh, Manville Huntsville, Dickinson North Shore, West Orange Stark Sweeney, Fort Penn Marshall Anum Consolidated, Angleton Hutto. It is a stupid week on TexanLive.com. Like crazy games. If you are a Texas high school football nut, this is where you need to be. Saturday's got a number of great games as well. Most notably. Uh, Boy, let me pull that. Highland Park versus College Highland Station. Park College Station is the one. That's Cy Ranch Westfield. That's your. Uh, I think Round Rock Clino could be really interesting. Right. Too. They're all at two, though, so you got to make a yeah, choice. Yeah, you got to have to pick. Three TVs. And then that night, Splendor and Vans should be a fun game, that too. Be a fun game. Uh, so it's. it's they, I mean, they got games down to 3A. Uh, it is a really, really good time to sign up at TexanLive.com to stream Texas high school football games. Go there and check it out. Our friends at TexanLive.com would certainly appreciate it. And I'll just tell you that I think it's a, it's awesome. Like, I, again. I'm a customer. I, I like it. Uh, if you're a football you know, nerd. If you're a football nerd, this is, this is for you. Yes. So, TexanLive.com. Go out and see a game. Oh, yes. But, but also watch a few at home. Yeah. And, by the way, like if you're if you're at home for the holidays and you want to get away from your family. Oh, there's nothing better than this. Pull it up on your computer and be like, I'm sorry, I'm watching football. Yeah, I'm watching it's important. I've got to do up. this. Great. That's how that works. We're now joined by college football insider Shehan Jayaraja. Hi, Shehan. Hi. How are you? I'm good. 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 Happy holidays. Um, and when he comes in, it's time for a special segment. Guys, it's time for a very special Thanksgiving edition of Free Money! For your bookie. Free money! For your bookie. My college football picks against the spread. Uh, six and five last week. I think you were five and six. I think you're making that up. I thought I was six and five. I you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you may be right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was six and five. I have it at six and five. I think you were. I think you were five and six. I got excited because early on it looked like it might. Oh, I was struggling like early, that. but I rallied but real rally, late. But the rallied. evening, yeah. I, I think I went like four and zero in the evening, and that's yeah. what pulled me out of the ditch. Um, Fair enough. So sixty-one, fifty-five, and three on the year. Uh, this is the last full week. Yeah. Right now, next week we'll probably, hopefully, we'll have two conference championship games. Hopefully. Hopefully two. Yeah. Hopefully two. As many as zero. Yeah. As few as zero, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could be anywhere between zero and two. Yes. But uh, I don't know. But that, So th- that would only be two, and then we'll have bowl season. So um, so there may only be eight more games to pick after this. So this is a big week. I'm going to finish above 500. That'll be important. So let's start, Max. Ugh. Unfortunately, here's the problem. This is why Texas and A&M need to play again on, thir- this on Thanksgiving. This is the dumbest. This is so dumb. It's a bad week. It's bad. What's Number important? 15, Texas, going to Lawrence, because who wouldn't want to this time of year? Mm. 11 a.m. Friday. Yeah, I'll wake up for that. Texas, 15-point favorites. Yes, so this game's on FS1, and the, the bottom line of it is that by virtue of Oklahoma State beating West Virginia last week, Texas is in the Big 12 championship game with a win, and they are out of the Big 12 championship game with a loss. Uh, they are obviously considerable favorites. Kansas is a team uh, that actually, at this point, uh, has more head coaches than Texas does. They've got them beat there. Big advantage. They have two big advantage. You got to think that's that. You got to wonder how much of an advantage that is. Um, I'll be honest. I think that. Um, I think that that um, Texas. This is all about mindset for Texas. They are coming in. There. I don't. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I think Texas is better than Kansas. Anybody want to argue? Okay, no. good. Um, I think they're able. I think. I think this is about attitude. I think they show up. They take care of business. I think they cover the fifteen. I'm going with Texas minus fifteen. Well, the the number to look at is that Texas not won in Lawrence since 2014. Oh, you're a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they win easy this week. I think they will. I think they're going to win. Yeah. So you're taking Texas minus fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it, I think it could get a little interesting just because Pika Williams has been out of this world the yeah. past couple of weeks. But, I mean, no. They, they can't. I think that if Puka puts up 200 yards and two touchdowns, then they're probably still just going to score 14 points. I think if you haven't paid attention to Kansas, yeah. um, Kansas has like four or five players that are like really good. Yeah. Like really good. It's I just, wish Joe Deneen played for a real team. Yeah, yeah. There He's are, so good. There are guys on this team that you're like, whoa, yeah. you're really good. What yeah. are you doing there? But there's like four. There's four. The problem is they don't have, like, 22 of them. Right. So uh, right. I'm going to take Texas minus 50. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Max? The other, like, yeah. actually interesting, this like, is, the other yeah. qualifying game. No, like, if, 
It's that actually, one's a good game. This is the thing. It's the, a good Friday and yeah. just like a kind of mess. If you it. believe Texas and Kansas should be a blowout early, well, you'll have time to flip over to Houston at Memphis, 11 a.m. Friday. This should be the only one you're watching. Except Houston, yeah. seven-point dogs because magical unicorn D.R. King will not be playing. Unfortunately, D.R. King is out for the year. Yeah. Um, and as a result, um, I think there's an argument to, to, to be made that if D.R. King played in this game, this would be about a pick'em game. He's probably worth about a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Memphis is, is is not a bad team. Like they're better than their record indicates. Oh yeah. Um, but right now, like they they have not made a decision on what on what they're going to do with the quarterback spot. It sounds like, it sounds like this is, and we're recording this on Tuesday, so a lot can change. It sounds like true freshman Clayton Tune is going to burn his red. Shirt. I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, if, if, it, if it wasn't, wasn't him. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like Clayton Tune. But that's asking a lot, man. Yeah. To go on the road yeah. to Memphis to for a spot in the conference title yeah. game and win. And the other thing is I think that this Memphis offense is gonna is gonna cook a little bit against this Houston defense. Yeah, well a week ago Memphis really struggled to get really anything mm-hmm. going against SMU. Uh I mean God, mm-hmm. at the half it was seven five. Yeah. You know, that that's the sort of stuff that we're working with here. Um on the other hand though, I mean, I really did like what I saw late in the game from Clayton Toon because mm-hmm. he did play the entire second half. It wasn't that he was just inserted at the very end of the game. You know, he was part of this 48-17 win. Um, you know, he threw for 108 yards, two touchdowns. Now, again, it's a whole different animal going to Memphis, playing in a must-win game. Mm-hmm. You know, again, he hasn't played in a real sort of must-win situation since high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a lot to ask of him, but... I think that Houston has enough talent offensively that I think they're going to be able to keep it close. Okay. So I'll keep it within seven. I don't know if they're going to win the game. I, I think Houston's a better team. I think, I think so. I think when they're 100% healthy. Yeah, I think that they're a better team when they're healthy. It sounds like Ed Oliver's going to play, which I think is a big deal. We'll see. I, I think he'll play. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and look, Memphis is a good team, but they are entirely susceptible to making mistakes. For sure. And and maybe this is just me being colored to a certain extent by watching them play against mm-hmm. SMU last week. You know, they're not playing their best football right now. I think they'll be able to keep it close. Uh, I, I think Memphis probably wins the game, but I think Houston's going to keep it within seven. Here's where I'm at, though. The, the problem and why I'm taking Memphis minus seven is the story of Houston this year has been the offense is more or less bailed out in underwhelming defense. It has. Um, well, now they're going up against a really pretty good offense. They were yeah. bad last week against SMU, but they're a pretty good offense. Yeah. Coming home will help. Um, pretty good offense. Yeah. And suddenly that Houston offense is a question mark. We yeah. don't know because D.R. King does do so oh, much. Oh, for, for sure. That. No, I mean, I think, you know, a few weeks ago I was saying he should be in the Heisman conversation. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, Absolutely. He's still leads the country in touchdowns with 50. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a completely different team without him. But... I think they're going to be able to get enough going because okay. Memphis' defense isn't great either. You know, I yeah, that's absolutely true. That's and absolutely so true. I think they'll be able to get something going, and I think they'll be able to do just enough. All right. We're on different sides of it. Max, let's move to Saturday. Baylor, who will be deeply hoping yeah. that Alan Bowman does not play, versus Texas Tech, 11 a.m. Saturday. I don't know if you've heard the, the recent rumblings, but there's some worry that Judd Duffy might not play. I don't, really? Baylor, Baylor yeah. is hoping that – Dalyon Ward starts at quarterback. That is <laughs> yeah. what Baylor is hoping. No, 11 a.m. Saturday, Tech, six-and-a-half-point favorites. So we yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest question is we do not know who's going to play quarterback for Tech. Right. Um, it, could, it could be literally yeah. any of three guys. It could be Alan Bowman. Mm-hmm. It could be Jet Duffy. It could be Mystery. Um, yeah. Who's their third guy? Colt McClain Garrett? Uh, McLean Carter. Carter is the guy. McLean but, Carter? But he hasn't been able to plant still to the extent that they want him to. So, yeah. Uh, it could be Colt Garrett? Yeah. I mean, they are. They could be on their fourth quarterback. Right. Right. That said, Probably first of all, yeah. it's worth mentioning. Yeah. It's worth remembering. This game's at AT&T Stadium. Yep. And it's worth, for the last time... What's that? This is the last time it's at AT&T? Or they have so, more? so the next two years are going to move it from AT&T. They said they haven't made a final oh. decision heading forward, okay. but I'd be pretty surprised if they decide to move it back. So this is at AT&T Stadium on Saturday. Yeah, the game's um, getting stale. And this is this has been a series that, that Tech has kind of dominated. They've, they've, yeah. been the, they've, they've, they've been the better team. I think they've won the last three at AT&T. Yeah, yeah right? I think that's about right. Um, and so the, the trend line goes towards them. Baylor's offense is who the heck knows. I mean, yeah. you never know what you're getting from week to week. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to go with Tech minus six and a half. I think that I think that there is a decent chance that either Alan Bowman or Jet Duffy plays, and if Alan Bowman or Jet Duffy plays, I think they win this game by yeah. more than six and a half. I think if Alan Bowman plays, then it's an easy call. It's a lock, yeah. yeah I think it's an easy call. I'm not terribly confident that he will, mm-hmm. and... I mean, how important are lungs anyway? <laughs> Pretty important when you're an athlete. Uh, so, or a so, human, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, so my thought process, so last year, Baylor played Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and, um, and they lost by two touchdowns. I think that regardless of what we saw last week, I think that Baylor's a better team than that. And I think that if Tech doesn't have Alan Bowman, mm-hmm. and even if they do have Jet Duffy, I, I still don't know because he just turns the ball over so much. Yeah. I think that right now, at this moment, they're not as good a team as they were last year, just with the injuries that they're dealing with, and Dakota Allen still being hobbled and all that. So six and a half was the line? Six and a half. Oh, man. feels like a seven-point game. It's a, good line. it's a good line, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm going to say seven right on the dot, and so I'm going to pick Tech. Tech, to cover. all right. Barely. We both have Tech minus yeah. six and a half. What's next, Max? Oh, the game you guys know everything about. You've done your research. Hey, you know, hey every, guess what, guys? The ten, you're like, you know, the too deep at every position. Guys, guys we get a 13th race game. It's true. <laughs> Old Dominion. <laughs> they saved the best for last. Coming yeah. to Houston, 12 p.m. Saturday. Rice, nine and a half point dogs. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't see any reason to, to trust Rice. No. I, I wish I could give you a lot more uh, insight than that. But I think that Rice is really bad, and Old Dominion is less bad. Old Dominion did hang 77 on VMI last week. It's VMI. They still, beat North Texas. Uh, and yeah. they beat North Texas. The offense is actually okay. The defense is trash, but it may not matter against a Rice offense. It's pretty listless. Um, it is senior day at Rice. Yeah. But and Believe I was, in something, I was man. Using, nah, I'm, going, I'm going Old Dominion. So, so you know, you are joking about us knowing nothing about Old Dominion, but I do know <laughs> they have they have four wins this year, and all of them have been hilarious in one way or another. <laughs> True. They beat the crap out of Virginia Tech. Yeah. They went on the road and needed a last-second miracle to beat Western Kentucky. Who is bad. Who is terrible. Then they go and beat UNT for some reason, and then they drop 77 on BMI. So my only concern, what's the line again? Uh, uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah. Okay. My only concern is that this is not a hilarious type of situation. This is so, just a football yeah, game. This is just a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's no real hilarious. You're right. There's no undercurrent of Right, of right, right, right. Hilarity. Yeah. yeah. I, I still think Old Dominion is going to oh, cover, okay. but like okay. <laughs> but you know what? I think uh, yeah, they'll find some way to make it hilarious. I like it. I like it. What's next, Max? This is, this Score is, 100, maybe. Who this knows? is the scientific method I prefer <laughs> in the approach to this show. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss, heading out west, 2 p.m. Saturday. UTEP, yep. your minors, 13-point dogs. So here's the good news for UTEP. Southern Miss cannot score. Yep. Their offense is very, very bad. Here is the bad news for UTEP. Southern Miss's defense is pretty good. Yeah. In fact, it's, like, arguably great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now the question is going to be, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if UTEP's going to be able to score more than about 10 Let's just say that. So the question is, do you think Southern Miss can get to 24? I'm pretty sure they can. I'm going to go with Southern Miss. You know what? Mm. Oh, oh, boy. See, last week Kyle Oxley played one of the worst football games that's ever been seen. He did. He threw interceptions on his first two passes. But again, UTEP just managed to keep things close just over and over and over again. Just again, and, and I know that Western Kentucky last week was sort of a weird thing. But their last couple home games, I mean, 16 points against Middle Tennessee, that's not bad. 19-0 against UAB, that's not bad. A three-point loss to UNT, seven points against New Mexico State. They keep things close, especially at home. And the line is 14, you said? 13 13 and a half. 13 13 13 and a half. Oh, man, another one. 13. (laughs) 14 would have been a great number. I want to take UTEP. Wow. Yeah. Here's my one thing about this. Yeah. Southern Miss is 5-5. and Ooh. Bowl game time. <laughs> this is yeah. for a bowl. Yeah. I feel like they're going to come out guns blazing. I think they're going to win. That's a good this. point. I think, but... I think they're going to win this game by about 20. You know what? I, I said earlier in the year that I would not pick UTEP until they won a game. And you know what? They've won a game, so I'm going to pick UTEP. Hey, I like it. You know what? I think he's right because they're going to lose this game 6-2. to two. <laughs> Just a sadness bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're probably not wrong. 4-2 four to, four to final. <laughs> I'm telling you. 2-0. Uh, yeah. 
What's next, Max? SMU on the road. Speaking Woo. of bowl eligibility, they're going to Tulsa, 2.30 p.m. Saturday, where they are just two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, so the, that is the disrespect. basically Vegas. The disrespect. I Vegas can, I can doesn't hear know what to right make now. of SMU. Oh, I, and honestly, me neither. neither do I. Yeah. Um, now, it's, it's worth mentioning that, again, if you're into, if you believe that there are incentives in play, yes. um, SMU's playing for a bowl, yep. Tulsa's playing for a third win. Yes. Well, you know, there are, dif- there are differing incentives in this game. Um, SMU, uh, I think SMU played better last week against Memphis than the score maybe indicates. I think so. They basically pl- had a couple of really bad play calls. Yeah, well, they played really well defensively. Yeah, like, I, I know that... You know, this is one of those games that just things happened. Mm-hmm. But they also just straight up, you know, playing onto the ball. They played well defensively. Tulsa is not a good football team. Oh, no. Uh, Tulsa just got beat by Navy, and this is not a great Navy team. Um, if you're into, if you believe in the um, transitive property, um, they lost to Memphis a couple of weeks ago by, uh, what is that, 26. I think SMU is going to win this game. I think SMU is going to win this game. In a not a big way, but I think they win this game by about ten. I think SMU comes out with a with a fire. I think they come out t- taking care of business. I like SMU to win this game by about eight. Yeah, I I think really what it comes down to me is look at SMU's losses. Right, they've lost to UNT, a good team. TCU, mm-hmm. they were healthy at that point. Michigan, UCF, Cincinnati, Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. where's the bad loss on that schedule, right? right? I mean, the way they lost to UNT was bad. Yep. I, like, I'm not going to try to defend that, right? But since then, I mean, they, and they played Cincinnati close. They played Memphis close. I don't know. I, I think that this team is right in the middle of that kind of good, but not definitely not great category. Mm-hmm. And I, again, because, you know, people are kind of looking at, especially what happened last week against Memphis, being like, oh, man, that was just such a letdown. But, like, Memphis is really good. Yes, they are. <laughs> and... So I think they're going to go on the road at Tulsa, and Tulsa is objectively a terrible football team. I think there were, what, two wins at this point, mm-hmm. and only one conference win against UConn. Now, <laughs> of course, SMU made it a little too interesting against UConn. Of but, course. Uh, never in doubt. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, it was never in doubt, for sure. But I think SMU is able to win this game, make it to a bowl game. And look, again, I, I think that when you look at what they've done all season long, again, having three games that they probably were always going to lose, They've basically been six and three in all their other games, yep. and I think uh, I think they're able to make it to a bowl. And I think all things considered, I think you have to call this first season of Sunny Dykes a success. What's next, Max? I got you an early Christmas present, Tepper. Oh, did you? I'm pretty excited about this one. You've always said mm-hmm. you wanted to coach an FBS football game. I sure did. Well, there's fine. nobody around to coach Texas State this weekend. <sighs> yeah. When Arkansas State comes to town, 3 p.m. Saturday, and the Bobcats. 13-and-a-half-point dogs. Tepper, I think you can coach them up. I think it'll be fine. Uh, Arkansas State is a decidedly average team in yeah. almost every respect. The offense is, is okay. The offense, um, you know, it's fine. They, they, they are a, one of those efficient teams where they just kind of march down the field and, and don't make a ton of mistakes. Um, I mean, we're really bearing the lead here, though, because, like, the whole idea behind this, I think, is where Texas State's head is at. Right. That... I think that, like, generally when you have a situation where you fired your coach, you got one of two things that are going to come out. Either Texas State is going to come out with their hair on fire and they're going to play their best game of the year, or they're going to collapse like a house of cards. And I think it's like a 50-50 shot. Um, I'm going to take Texas State. I like Texas State plus 13.5. I think they play with a little bit of fire at home on senior day. Um, I think they try to avenge their... um, I think they try to avenge their fallen coach. Beyond that, um, I mean, Troy is a better team than Arkansas State, and Texas State played Troy real, real tight. I think they're going to do the same thing here. Give me Texas State plus 13.5. I kind of lean towards the latter. I, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to kind of collapse because I don't think these players wanted Everett Withers gone. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be right. very upset that they're gone because they've, the last couple of weeks, I mean, okay, they lose by a lot to Appalachian State. Appalachian State's really, really good. Other than that, I mean, two wins against New Mexico State, Georgia State. They play close against Troy. They play close against ULM. They play close against Georgia Southern. You know, this is a lot of emotional energy to keep this up, right? Mm -hmm. Just to keep playing hard and hard and hard, even though you've only won two games out of that stretch of six or whatever. And, again, this this team really does love Everett Withers. They wanted him to be the guy to get there. And 
I mean, again, we've we've heard and talked a lot about, uh, obviously, sort of the disdain with the athletic department right now. And I don't know. I kind of feel like this is the major, major letdown game. And, okay. and I, think, I, can, I, I do not fault you for thinking Yeah, that. and I think uh, Arkansas State's are, you know, a pretty good team, and I think they're going to be able to come into San Marcos, and I think okay. they're going to be able to kind of kill them. That's fine. What's next, Max? Oh, if you aren't interested in Turkey this weekend, how about some Roadrunner? North Texas at UTSA, 6 p.m. Saturday. The Mean Green are going to annihilate UTSA, and they are 22.5-point favorites. North Texas. <laughs> I All I have to mention is that uh, last week, UTSA averaged 2.5 yards per play, and that's all I'm going to say. That's Yeah, okay, so we're all in agreement. Fair enough. What's next, Max? Something far more interesting. S- number seven, LSU's coming to College Station, 6.30 p.m. Saturday, where the Aggies... Two and a half point favorites. Let's go. <laughs> LSU is like the like the most disrespected top ten team in college football history. It's the Kojo effect, man. They are the number seven team in the country. Yeah. And they are two and a half point dogs yeah. to an unranked four loss A and M team. Yeah. That by the way, they have historically dominated. Yes. What? So here's here's the, the 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 thing is that if you look on paper I think that this is an interesting game. If you look just on uh, at these two teams together, uh A&M the offense seemed to really start hitting its stride the last couple of weeks going up against a good defense, but I do think the defense is, you know, that generally speaking we we made this point on Monday yeah. that you can make an argument that a- that A&M has played their two best offensive games against the two best defenses they've yeah. played. Two, two of the three. Two of the three. Two of the three. Alabama two and that the there as well. Um, the LSU offense is bad. Well, yeah. not bad. It, it, it's just no, it's av- bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Okay. It's it's below average. <laughs> they're a- if they're able to dominate teams up front, then they just kind of run over you. Yes. But otherwise, there's nothing. Correct. But this is also an LSU team that throttled Georgia. Yeah. This is an LSU team that... Beat Mississippi State. Right. Mississippi State, uh, I, I don't know. This is a really hard game to call, and as a result, I'm going to lean on history. And for me, I can't pick A&M to beat LSU until A&M beats LSU. Right. I hope that that's a fair statement to make. Right. Because I just think that there have been a lot of times under Kevin Sumlin that A&M was better than LSU, and LSU beat them. Yeah. This is a situation where, let's just say they're evenly matched for the sake of argument— I'm going to have to lean towards LSU with the historical edge. I'm going to take LSU uh, minus or plus two and a half. Yeah. Well, I just think that you look at this game, and don't get me wrong. I don't think that LSU is going to be able to move the ball super easily against A&M. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that, if you're an A&M fan, that I think you should look at is that your giant, huge weakness is in the secondary, and, and LSU will not take advantage of it. They should not, no. The issue is... I just think that defensively, they're going to be able to own the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And and the games where A&M has struggled the most have been games where Travion Williams can't get off. And here's the other issue, right, is that, you know, obviously Kellen Mond, I think, has played well this season. I You know, I don't think he's played poorly at all. But all of a sudden, you have a team that can play all your receivers in man coverage and come and help in the box. Mm-hmm. And so if they're able to shut down Travion Williams, then what does A&M do? I agree. You know, and and so, and on the other end, I do think that LSU's offensive line is good enough to keep A&M's defensive line at bay. One other thing to keep an eye on is Otaro Alaka. Yeah. Arguably their best linebacker. Yeah. Um, Maybe not arguably. Uh, I I, I think Dotson's right there. Yeah, him and Dotson, but at least one of their two best um, is... They're calling him day to day. I'm just kind of reading between the tea leaves. Yeah. I think that I think it's pretty unlikely he plays. Yeah. Well. Um. Well. Tyrell Dodson kind of was talking about it yesterday, and he based the way he was talking sounded like he expected Alaka to be out. Yeah. And so you know you're down, and not only is Alaka one of their best linebackers, he's one of their best players on defense. Absolutely. And um. And again, so now you have to kind of bring down guys from the secondary to help and run support, and that's not what you really want to do, especially when you have a weak secondary in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, I think it's going to be really ugly. Let's be clear. I think it could be ugly, Like too. I think it'll be like a 21-14 game. A very LSU right, game. Right, right. But I think, uh, you know, 
you listen to this all verbal, they talk about crockpotting. I think that's what this game is going to be. It's just going to be just going to simmer, and all of a sudden mm. you'll be like, well, I guess LSU's up a lot, and we yeah. don't really know what happened. I agree. And so, yeah, I, them being favored in this game is wild. Because if they lose yeah. this game, they finish the year 7-5, and five, Yeah. and LSU is number 7. I know. It's a weird line, but... Vegas thinks they know something, and Vegas has kind of been right about Kyle, about them at Kyle Field. Well, for that what is one thing per, worth mentioning. For what it's worth, I mean, uh, if you look at the ESPN FPI, which you know, what, what is mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what exactly it means, but AM is favored sixty percent yeah. to win that game. Um, so the uh, right now they've got, um, I mean, they've got A and M favored in uh, in this game by a point uh, one point six points is what uh, S and P Plus has it. Wow. So for me, I'm this is a pure historical play. That's all I'm going. I'm going I, I, LSU. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand why there's some skepticism when it comes to LSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because, again, they don't – they're so similar yeah. to under less miles. Like, they're basically the same team with a different guy. Mm-hmm. But that team also went and won a lot of games every yes, single year. And that's really surprising to me that all these advanced metrics have uh, have LSU it's interesting. So fav- or uh, so underdogs. And finally, Max, the game – We've all been waiting for. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. Oklahoma State coming to TCU, 7 p.m. Saturday. And against all odds, TCU, just four-and-a-half-point dogs, they're going to get murdered. There's no way this holds up. I, I don't know because the one thing, again, one, one did thing. Did you watch that, that West Virginia game? Because I, I did. I did. The one thing I will say about this is that TCU is 5-6. and six. And nah. they're they're go they're going for they're going for playing the bowl. Yeah, and like um, their third manager is quarterback at this point. TC, TCU is, is hurting offensively, but they've been hurting offensively all year long. Um, I think you're right. I do think that I think Oklahoma State is going to cover this. I think Oklahoma State minus four and a half. I think that's the play here. Um, it's a, you know I would say that two thirds of the time you know Oklahoma State is a probably two thirds favorite stuff in this one but uh, I think I think they take care of business I like I like Oklahoma State uh, minus four and a half one thing to look at that I'll say is that Oklahoma State uh, is having some issues up front yes they're very very injured up front right now and TCU proved on Saturday that they can dominate teams up front still mm-hmm. uh, the issue <laughs> is that they also have Tylen Wallace and so, you know, you, last week you come into the game and, you know, uh, basically the difference in the game was that Jalen Rager is just better than everybody else. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying that Rager or Wallace is better, but they're both really dang good. Yes, they are. And, you know, and, and so TC's having so many issues in the secondary. So I think it's going to come down to whether Taylor Cornelius can get the ball out quick. Now, they're going to be without Justice Hill, too, which mm-hmm. is a pretty big deal. But if Taylor Cornelius can get the ball out quickly and attack that, incredibly, incredibly injured TCU secondary, mm-hmm. then I just think TCU's going to score, like, four points. Yeah, that's the problem. The problem is I, I just I just think that this TCU offense, you can't trust it enough right, right now. Right. And so I'm going to go with Oklahoma State minus four and a half. Yes. So those are my free money picks. I like Texas minus 15 at Kansas. I like Memphis minus seven at home against Houston. I like Texas Tech minus six and a half at uh, AT&T Stadium against Baylor. I like Old Dominion minus nine and a half at Rice. I like Southern Miss minus 13 at UTEP. I like SMU minus two and a half at Tulsa. I like Texas State plus 13 and a half at home against Arkansas State. I like North Texas minus 22 and a half at UTSA. I like LSU plus two and a half at A&M. And I like Oklahoma State minus four and a half at TCU. And now we go to Max Thompson. No, we don't because we're not, we're not live. I was going to go to final thoughts. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Okay. What are you thankful for, Greg? You know what I'm thankful for, Max? Uh, Why does it got to be a bit? It doesn't have to be a bit. I'm thankful for the wonderful community we have here at Texas Football Today. Dang it, you stole mine. And the people who make this show worth doing. Killing me here. We wouldn't do it without you. And here we are into our fourth year of this dumb little internet show. It's true. And And you guys have stuck by us, and I'm very thankful for that. Yep. So thank you. I'm also thankful. I think they mostly stuck by me. I'm also thankful that I don't have to work on Thursday. True. There you go. Shahan, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for, Shahan? Well, I'm thankful for this great community we've got as well. Oh, my God. I'm thankful to be gainfully employed after after, uh, the last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thankful for my family and Mm -hmm. my wonderful fiancé, Bargavi. Who is certainly watching at home. 
Uh, she actually has been watching. Well, there you go. Kind of amazing. She doesn't. Even, I don't even think she likes sports, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess she loves me. I'm also thankful for Christmas and thankful that the season starts on Friday. Wow. Mike. <laughs> wow. Mike. Mike, shut off. His mic is Cut dead. Mic. And uh, now the floor is mine. Max, Max, what are you thankful for? This has been, uh, this is my third, fourth? How many seasons have I done this with you, Greg? This is the fourth season. This is my fourth season of Dave Campbell's. This is the most visited our website has ever been. This is the best community we've ever had around this show. Uh, and it's only growing and suddenly growing by leaps and bounds. And I couldn't be more thankful for everyone in our little community here. Uh, I, I will say I'm thankful for how smart I am mm. in creating Final Thoughts, America's mm. favorite segment, to give them a platform to be a part of this show, Second a segment, segment that when I started annoyed you to no end that we were acknowledging our, our fan mm. base. Yeah, just want to th- throw that out there. Second Throwing that out second. there for America. Just so mm-hmm. they know when they're thinking about what their favorite segment is, and uh, I guess segment. I'm thankful for everyone on the staff except Greg, who makes mm-hmm. my life just endlessly difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! But it should be it should be noted this is a, this is a Greg and Max production since day one. Unfortunately, we're inexorably tied together. Yeah, we're common law married. Yeah. Um, Don't tell our wife. Happy Thanksgiving from the Dave Campbell's Texas football family to yours. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Max Thompson and Shehan J. Raja, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, for the love of God, this is episode 667. How many times do I have to say it? Come get your player of the year, Trophy. We'll see you next week on Texas Football Today.